How You Entrepreneurs. Today we have Helen Edwards. Uh, she is a author, speaker. Her journey kind of starts, and you'll hear it in this podcast, in 2008 when she kind of faked it to, to make it, where she volunteered uh, at an adult shelter, knew she wanted to, to be a speaker, to give back and give the knowledge that she kind of picked up in Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Started working through those platforms, kind of building a follower base, building a listening base, building an audience, and just working it because she knew she wanted to, to give back. Uh, take a listen, please subscribe, and of course, tell your friends. Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. So we are here with Helen Edwards, I guess, a.k.a. the owner of Sexy Freedom Media. That's right. <laughs> you know, when I, when I first got connected with you, uh, it was just Sexy Freedom Media. And I was like, wait, that, where's their actual name? And I think I finally found it. They're one of the platforms. I'm like, okay, Helen, okay. But it... It has a ring to it, you know. Before we get going, how did you come up with that name? Oh my God, that's such a good question. Because <laughs> the name Sexy Freedom, it was it's actually Sexy Freedom LLC, and then I deviated Sexy Freedom Media uh, once I started bringing on more media type stuff or um, services to the business. So Sexy Freedom actually came from my book, Nothing Sexier Than Freedom. And that name actually came from a poll of women that I worked in a corporate setting with. And I just went around and put all these names together for my book and I couldn't come up with a book name. So took a poll about 30 women and came up with the name, nothing sexier than freedom. And then one of my friends said, you should write off all the money that you're spending on your book, start a business and you should call it sexy freedom. And that's where that name came from. And then turned into sexy freedom media almost three years later. All right, so I know from 2008, I think it was, when you basically kind of started your, your path, was the book written before 2008 or after, or where did that kind of come about? The book started in 2013. It kind okay. of started as a joke, and next thing you know, it turned into five years, five editors, $8,000 later, a solid self-published book. <laughs> So so let's 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 jump back before spending that money, spending that time on yeah. that book. Let's okay. get back to, to to Helen from the start. Like, where'd you come up from? Where'd you go? Walk us through. So I'm, yeah, I'm originally from Southern California, uh, San Bernardino County, and I was raised in between Arizona and California with my mom and dad. When my mom split from my dad, uh, I'm one of five kids, second eldest four girls, one boy. And I was living in uh, Fullerton, California before I moved to Arizona in 2004. Um, I have a son, one son who's now 20 years old in the Air Force. And uh, that's pretty much my background. <laughs> so, I mean, one of the things we, we talked about before we got on uh, on the mic was in 2008. We, you tell the story. You tell the story. Okay, so how I started with public speaking is really where everything started for me. Um, and it was really more of, since I was a kid, really, I always had this feeling that I was 
that I wanted to help people. I think that's where it starts with everybody. Everybody wants to help people because it feels so good. It's very purpose driven. And I thought when I was younger, I was going to grow up to be a preacher. So I know it's crazy. I was like, I'm going to be a preacher because I was really into church with my grandmother. And then um, when I wasn't picked as a bellboy, I uh, (laughs) not a bellboy, a, um, I forgot what they're called. Altar boy. Yeah. Altar kid. I wasn't picked as an altar kid and really crushed my world. So then I decided, okay, I'm not going to do that. I'll become a teacher. So I was very, I was always driven in school because my sight was set on being a teacher to teach kids. And during that time, my dad went to jail and I thought, you know, visiting him in jail, I'm going to work in the prison one day because I'm going to, I want to help those people. And it How all comes you time. Going to jail? Oh gosh, I was like, he w- he went to jail quite a few times. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, ten between ten ten and thirteen somewhere okay. around there. So then, but I always thought I'm going to help these people because my dad, I thought he was innocent. Whatever he did, I don't know, but I always thought he was this, you know, my dad. And people are good in there. There's got to be good people. So I was like, okay, I'm going to be a teacher. I'm also going to go in the jails and help people. Well, fast forward, I was uh, I was married at 18 and moved to uh, Arizona, from California to Arizona with my ex-husband and my son and went through my divorce in Arizona. So through my divorce, my son ended up getting uh, full custody or my ex-husband getting got sole custody of my son. And it was very, it was a very hard time in my life because I mean, every mother knows like it's really hard. Any parent knows that it's really hard to be away from your child, but I was a complete mess and I had like three jobs and I had no money and I was spending it all partying. I just really didn't care. But one thing that was always still inside of me is that I still wanted to help people. I didn't know how to help people. And I wrote, I read a book by Zig Ziglar uh, at a very young age. I, don't, I have no idea. My mom made me read it. I have no idea why, but I remember reading it and I kind of pretended like I was reading it because it was more like her way of disciplining us. And I do remember reading in there somewhere that he started off by going into shelters and talking. And I just thought I could do that. So 2008, I answered a volunteer ad I saw on Craigslist and they were looking for helping just volunteers to go in and help, you know, just maybe serve food or, or, um, you know, clean up things like that. And instead of going in as a hired help or helping hand, I should say, I responded to the email and said, I would love to go in into, or I would love to go in with my, with my, Business, I didn't I didn't even have a business. I just said that. I would like to go in with my business and bring in a workshop to help these people. And uh, in 2008, a friend of mine gave me the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And I remember reading that book and just being so affected by it in everything. Just It's like all my worlds collided as one, and I realized I had to change my mindset. And I'd wish that I had kind of got impacted by this earlier in age. I'm sure my mom tried to, but I wasn't listening back then. But in 2008, I was. I was just desperate for change and kind of sinking really fast by myself with 
my recent divorce and quotations losing my son. So I thought I need to feel good. I need to feel good. And I need to, I need to feel good fast by helping people. So I, my friend, the one who gave me the thinking rich, thinking grow rich book, she was the one who was supposed to go in there and speak. It was like our idea to go in. I would create the workshop flyers or, or worksheets and she would go in there and talk. I'd never uh, public spoke before, and I'm kind of tongue twisting all the time. You know, I I just never really knew how to do it, but I did know how to do admin, data entry, paperwork, creating things like that. And I created a PowerPoint literally the night before the event, and also the night before we got approved to go in, and and. Uh, hold this workshop she canceled (laughs) so it was kind of like I was faced with this moment of do I go in there and talk or do I just cancel you know email the coordinator and say I'm sorry we need to reschedule but we had it it took us like three months to get in there because you have to go to an interview I you know I had a friend uh, another friend of mine who went in with me with the interview and vouched for me saying I had this business. I had done this before. I'm not even kidding. Like I hate to say this, but in a, in a, it became a positive, but back then I was like, I'm going to fake it till I make it. So I had my friend just pretty much cover for me and tell the coordinator that I was this, this, and this, and this, which I was in my mind, but I really wasn't in real life. So when it came showtime, I was presented with, do I cancel or do I go? And another friend of ours (laughs) said to me, you know, you know all the work, you might as well just go in there and do it. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know how to public speak. I've never done this. And he said, just be yourself. So that's what I did. I stepped up to the plate and I went in there with my boom box and my PowerPoint. And uh, there were about eight people who showed up to the class And I gave this presentation on Think and Grow Rich and all the worksheets. I told my class that I was doing it with them. It was new for me as well. So that way we can rise together. And that was in 2008. And then then I did it for four years. I spoke two years in the individual shelter. And then I ended up moving on to the family shelters where there's just parents and their children. All right, so was that a speaking engagement, the first one? I mean, was that a, a, a paid speaking engagement? No, they were all volunteer. So I did about okay. four years of volunteer. So so let's jump back. So you're getting a divorce, right, in 2006, 2007? 2000, 2004, yeah. 2004, two, you gained the divorce. Six, two years okay. divorce. <laughs> okay, 2004, 2006, gained the divorce. You're kind of parting it up. And then was there – was it something? Was it – where was that low moment that made you go from partying it up to giving back? Because that's that's a big jump that not a lot of, a lot of people go through. Mm-hmm. So was there something that you can remember that there was that one moment, one day, one week, whatever it was, that go, I need to do something better with my life? Well, actually, it they grew simultaneously. I never stopped partying. In fact, I made a tradition to go out to the bars and clubs right after 
my speaking okay. engagements and my workshops because I it became more of a celebration to party, I guess. Yeah. And and I felt more better about myself because I loved going out. I still do. I love going out. I don't do it as much, a lot, not not at all, a lot. But back then, it was like I'm not going to stop doing this crazy life that I'm choosing to live, but I can choose simultaneously how to help myself in some way. So it was like, it was like an addiction, but also trying to recover myself along the way. And, well, uh-huh. and you said that you're spending, you're spending a, a lot of money too during that time, right? After the divorce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was spending a lot of money on trips and going out and uh, well, helping a lot of friends. That, I mean, that probably had to change over time because, uh, or was there an avenue? Okay, okay. Yeah. So what, so what, ha- what happened there? Cause it's, it still seems like you're a very social butterfly, very out there, you know, yeah. yet with, with, uh, um, think and grow rich, right. It, you, you can't be just throwing money around willy nilly and you're teaching these classes about basically improvement growth. So what, what happened there? Well, the switch happened when I stopped teaching the classes for me and everybody who was coming. Because remember, in the beginning, I would always present myself as we're learning this together. This is my first time doing everything I'm teaching as well. And because I wanted people to know that I'm just like them. Yeah. And what happened was that everything we were learning or I was starting to learn, I started applying it to my life. And that was a way for me to showcase that whatever we're learning throughout the process is working. So I became more better at budgeting. I became better at choosing to say no, starting to take care of more of my health. I was sick all the time, probably because of drinking and going out, getting no sleep. I mean, I'm talking about five to six nights a week I was going out and I had three jobs and I had to take care of my son when I had him. So it was a lot, but I always had tons and tons of energy. I just didn't know where to put this energy into. So, I mean, it's, it sounds like the, by teaching the classes, you were able to learn from your own, yourself by the PowerPoints, by everything. Yes. What, I mean, when did you, were you able to convert this volunteer work, this, this platform of growth into paid because you started actually teaching other people how you were able to get in front of people. When did mm-hmm. that kind of switch over? So it kind of started switching over when I got offered a free ticket to Tony Robbins, Unleashed the Power Within. Okay. And that actually happened, I want to say, in 2008 as well. Oh, wow. I, I had already done maybe one workshop. I was doing them about twice, once to twice a month. And I saw him do his thing and I thought, okay, so that's kind of like what I'm doing, but on a very tiny, tiny, like dot level. Yeah. And, and I thought, well, oh gosh, you know, if he can get paid for it, then maybe I can get paid for it someday. So it was always this someday. And then four years later, uh, I started realizing that I was spending a lot of money on gas and I mean, I take my last $5 and I put in gas to go to these workshops and buy books and things to raffle off. And I wasn't getting compensated. And a coworker of mine told me, you know, did you know that they can compensate you if you ask them? So I wrote up a proposal 
And I sent it, sent it to them and they denied me. And it was a pivotal moment for me that you can keep offering this for free or you can stand your ground and know your worth. And so it took about, you know, it was four years later and that's when I stood my ground. As soon as they denied me, I shook their hand and I said, it's been a pleasure. And I left volunteering my workshops. So where did you find your, your first uh, paid paid engagements, paid seminars or events? Okay. Yeah. So my first paid one ever was actually a couple weeks ago. Okay. <laughs> so I've been doing this. Um, no, I really can't say that. That was my first paid speaking engagement overall. But I started getting paid for it when I started doing my workshops and uh, events when I got certified as a yoga instructor. Okay. So that was in 2015. So it was a huge okay. jump. Yeah. And um, I started getting paid because I started putting a price on everything I was doing. Events, workshops, events, or I'm sorry, events, workshops, classes. And then the speaking engagements, I was still doing donation-based, yeah. but for the investment I was putting in, I wasn't making that full return. Okay. So this last January, I just did one here in, in Vegas, and that was the first time that I actually made like a good amount of money back. Okay. So I what, felt what like some of the I finally finally did it. <laughs> well, what are some of the things you learned in kind of figuring out the value and figuring out the cost of it, where you can push the pricing? What are some of the things you kind of picked up? Whew, I have learned so much from this. You know, I sometimes it's frustrating because I'll think like, well, you've been doing this 11 years and you're, you don't have it together. And it's because one, I'm stubborn. So I have to get out of my own way Two, I got to ask for help. And that's something I never like doing. I like to figure it out on my own and asking for help, getting out of my own way, allowing people to help you. And also putting the price on and just staying with it. Like, no, like you got it, the value you put on yourself and you basically go out there and tell the world, this is how much it is. You've got to stick with that amount and, and make it valuable. So I've learned how to make myself and my product and my services valuable. Hmm. Still growing. <laughs> What uh, what do you think? And it, it sounds like monetizing has been one of of your biggest struggles. But would, would, yeah, would that be for sure, I'd say that. Yeah, monetizing okay. definitely. <laughs> so so what do you? What are some of the things that allow you to kind of keep pushing through? Because eleven years of doing something where you're not really getting paid for it, you're actually losing money off it. I mean, I would think a lot of people would give up. What's been kind of pushing you forward to to kind of keep? going towards it. Right. And that's a great question. I think that's definitely something that has set me apart, but it's also kind of hindered me is that my heart is really into it. When I first began, I never wanted money to be the main driving force. I mean, yeah, you know, your worth, you know, this, you know, that, but ultimately there's people out there who are suffering, who don't have the funds. And I'm not going to ever deny that person. If they come to me and they really, really, really need need my, my voice in their head or my voice in their heart or my voice in their life, because, you know, and it hits home because my brother, 
uh, committed suicide a couple of years ago. And he, I remember him saying, I wish I could do this, but I don't have the money. And now looking back, I mean, I'm not responsible for what he did or nobody is, you know, he's ultimately responsible for, for everything in his life. Not everything, but you know what I'm going with this. I think that I realized there's a lot of hurting people out there and money's just not my driving force. Unfortunately, it's not. And fortunately, it's not. So it plays both ways for me. And I'm going to always stick to that. What if with all the knowledge that you've kind of provided, right? Because it seems like from the beginning, every time you teach a class, you're not only helping the people you have in the class, but also helping yourself. So you've probably grown a lot, right? In those yes. 11 years, if you could talk to your that person that was partying maybe 15 years ago, that, that individual, <laughs> what kind of advice do you think you give them? Definitely party less. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe two nights a week. Uh, <laughs> if you really have to, <laughs> only two nights a week. And I mean, gosh, there's there's so many things that I would say to do that I did do. And I think yeah. that really what got in my way was that I, I wish I would have gotten social media sooner. Okay. And I wish I would have learned about marketing sooner. Marketing, advertising, and social media would have been the things that I wish I would have told myself to jump into no matter what. I knew they were there, but I didn't think anything of them at the time. Is, is that a big focus for you going forward? Is, is marketing? Yes. Media? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely feel like, you know, between you and somebody else who's very successful, you guys can have the same brand, the same idea, the same service but what's going to set you apart is that marketing advertising strategy so i mean and, and first off thank you for for being on the platform i would love to kind of finish it finish this off with the idea of you put on a lot of events you know some mm -hmm. have been paid some have not been paid but you're still putting on these events putting time into these events if mm -hmm. someone's listening right now and, and they're they have their business and looking to have do a speaking engagement do an event whatever it might be what's like the steps that they should walk through? What's kind of the steps they should think about? What are some of the thoughts they should think about? Can you give us some kind of advice on that? Yeah. Um, I think that, I th okay, so if you're going to do events, if you're gonna do speaking engagements, uh, workshops or even retreats, I think you need to know First of all, why you're doing it, because you're going to come up against a lot of obstacles and which is normal. So when they come, just say, hey, right on time to make sure if you are working with a team that they're just as driven as you are. And three, that you're all in. So if you're going to go all in, make sure you got a date set, make sure you have the investment ready. And no matter what the outcome is, that you are 100 percent in with it. What's the best way to, to get an investment for like the, the cost on it? Mm, I think it depends on how big you want to see it. Like if it's so my last one was I knew it was going to be more on a smaller scale. So I made my budget a little bit more smaller. And then also for me, you know, right now, this is something that I'm recently getting into is more consulting and mentoring so I can help people strategize and, and be more resourceful. Because I realized I, I did not realize this actually before 
how many speakers are out there who are always looking for a platform to get on. And I just found this out by joining a group of speakers and coaches that I'm one of the very few people who've done it all already. I've done events, workshops, classes, and retreats. I thought everybody did their own. I didn't know that I was like a mini TED talk (laughs) where I create it for my own self and bring on other speakers. So now I'm learning that it really comes down to resourcing. Like I'm very resourceful. I know how to do a lot of, lot of things because I've played in different fields. And again, I'm bringing on social media and marketing into what we're doing with the social uh, sexy freedom media. So I want to be able to help people with bringing their dreams to life, bringing their dreams and uh, becoming a speaker, author, you know, retreat leader to life. So maybe I'm, I'm, I'm reading to the lines or it, are, are you kind of saying that there's a lot of people out there that want to do speaking engagements, right? If you put an event together, you might be able to, to charge other speakers to come to the event. So then you can kind of put it together. Is that where the money, some of the funds come from? I don't know if I'm on the fence. I'm playing with that idea right now on charging speakers um, only because it really is a mindset. You know, they got to understand that they're investing into their promotion of themselves. And that's something I didn't do with my speakers on this last event. I brought on speakers and I did all of the investing. I created graphic designs, video promotions, and pretty much promoted them for free. (laughs) I didn't realize what I was doing. And now that I've stepped back and I've looked at everything and believe me, I am happy. I loved it. I enjoyed it. It's what my groove is, but realizing how great I am at everything made me want to step back and say, how can I help somebody else? But then also help me. So it's a win-win situation for each other and for our attendees and clientele. That makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I've, I've put together an event actually for the, for this podcast, Road to Growth, and same kind of thing. You 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 have a good venue. It, it's figuring out the best way to to monetize it and make it profitable because again, your time is valuable. I mean, your the audience time is valuable, and you got to figure out the best mm-hmm. way of putting a number on it. I mean, if yeah. someone I know I know your one of your big focuses. You've already said it a couple times about growth and help people get to to where they want to get to. What's the best way for someone? Uh, looking for your services to find you? They can go on to sexyfreedommedia.com or sexyfreedom.com. They can go to my Facebook page, Sexy Freedom Media, or my Instagram, Hell of a Journey with one L. Uh, you can find me on my podcast, Sexy Freedom Media Podcast, and uh, or email me at sexyfreedomnow at gmail.com. Perfect. Well, thank you, Helen, for, for being on the platform. Thank you for being on the road to growth. Thank you for giving your your feedback. And I mean, again, I have to say it a couple of times, 11 years, you know, I mean, just from <laughs> your journey from right here to kind of figuring out your niche. I mean, it's 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 difficult. I mean, it's, it's probably difficult for, for a lot of people. Some people it might take them less time, take them lo- longer time, but you're kind of right. pushing through it and, and building building that platform. And I, and I love it. I love that, that growth. So thank you again. Any Any last words of wisdom that you might throw out? Yeah, I just want to send some uh, encouragement to anybody out there who's trying to or who's barely getting started or who's in the middle of the road. Uh, You know, just always remember your why and use any naysayers or any 
stumbling blocks as building blocks because sometimes I can look at it like 11 years. Why haven't I made it yet? Or I can look at it like 11 years. Hey, I'm just getting started. And this is really exciting because things are always changing in the world. Things are always going to change in your life. And the right chemistry will come along. And next thing you know, you'll be a superstar if you're not already, or maybe you are. I don't know, but do it for yourself, your main why, and do it for the people that really need you because everybody needs somebody. I, I, I totally agree with you. Again, thank you everyone uh, for listening. Thank you, Helen. Uh, please subscribe. Please write a review. Please comment. Reach out to Helen and on to the next episode. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.